0: With your latest news, on April Cummings. The island is abuzz as the independents say they formed a government, having met this morning and agreeing to the following. Alric Lindsay for Speaker of the House, Wayne Panton as Premier, and Chris Saunders Deputy Premier. Mr. Panton says he officially met with the governor this morning to formally request that Parliament be called to convene on Wednesday, the 21st of April, at 10 a.m. to swear in members and formally elect the Premier under Section 49.3 of the the Cayman Islands Constitution. Mr. Panton said the elections are over, the people have spoken, and it is time to get on with the business of making people's lives better. Mr. Panton says the government that he is, quote, humble to lead will be people-driven, accountable, competent, and transparent. Who are those 10 independent candidates? Well, along with MP-elect Wayne Panton of Newlands and Chris Saunders of Bodentown West, it's Johani J. Ebanks from Northside, Kenneth Bryan from Georgetown Central, Isaac Douglas Rankin from East Bernie Bush, West Bay North. Catherine Ebanks, Wilkes, West Bay Central. Andre Ebanks, West Bay South. Sabrina Turner, Prospect, and Heather Bodden, from Savannah. More on last night's election in just a moment, but first, an update on COVID-19. The chief medical officer, Dr. John Lee, reports 337 COVID-19 tests carried out since Tuesday. All were negative for COVID-19. The number of people in isolation is at 717 now, and the total number of COVID-19 vaccines administered to date, 60,637. So far, 33,544, 52% of the estimated population, has received at least one dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, with 42 percent having completed the two-dose course. An alleged breach of isolation protocols on April 13th by travelers quarantining at residents and members of the public has been reported to the Royal Cayman Islands Police. The matter is currently under investigation. Here now is Radio Cayman's Dion
1: Anglin with the details. The mobile compliance team conducted a routine compliance and welfare check on April 13, 2021 in response to a tip received by Travel Cayman. A group of three travelers quarantining on a docked boat were found to have three visitors at the location. One of the visitors was reported to have also had contact with another local person. By instruction of Public Health, seven persons, including the travelers, their visitors and the other local contact, have been placed in quarantine at a government facility. Public Health has confirmed that all primary contract tracing protocols have been observed following the suspected breach and would like to reassure the public that there is no immediate cause of concern. The Royal Cayman Islands Police Service noted that this is an ongoing investigation and six persons involved have been warned for intended prosecution. The public and travelers are reminded that regardless of a person's vaccination status or COVID antibody status, there is to be no direct contact between members of the public and persons in quarantine during their period of isolation. This includes anyone delivering food or supplies where the minimum necessary time for delivering should be observed. Persons in quarantine should wait to physically collect supplies after the person delivering has left the property. The public is encouraged to report any suspected breach of quarantine to the Travel Cayman tip line, which is 943 Anyone that is found to be in breach of the mandatory quarantine provisions will be warned for intended prosecution and is liable on conviction to a fine of up to $10,000 and imprisonment for up to two years. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin.
0: Now more on election day. On the completion of the count, Dwayne Seymour received the largest number of votes. A huge crowd Wednesday night erupting with applause after incumbent Dwayne Seymour was re-elected for the Bodentown EC. Radio in Shanda Gallego caught up with Mr. Seymour, who told her he feels great about the win.
2: What does this mean for you to have your support here tonight, in this moment, as you look forward for the next four years? Well, I want to build on this. I want to build on this. Obviously there is a percentage of persons that didn't vote for me. so. I want to find out what are their concerns, what I, what can I do to get their support. So I'm not just looking at the persons who supported me. Obviously I need to 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 represent all the persons in Bodentown East. And uh, I want to do that as efficient as possible, knowing all the needs of the people.
0: Now, as you've heard in Town West, the victor is independent Chris Saunders. And in Newlands?
3: I look forward to having an opportunity to to discuss where we go from here in terms of forming a government, um, moving forward and serving our people with humility and intense gratitude and responsibility to deliver for them.
0: That was Wayne Panton speaking with Radio Kman last night. 55.23% of the vote in Newlands, beating out incumbent Alva Saku, who had 29.17%, followed by Raul Gonzalez Jr. with 13.15% of the vote and Wydell Carter at 2.45%. Mr. Panton had previously been a member of the Progressives, but lost his seat to Alva Secu. This time, Mr. Panton ran as an independent, aligned with Heather Bodden. She won Savannah with 55.11% of the vote. Outgoing Premier Alden McLaughlin and Progressives Chair won his seat in Red Bay with 55.73% of the vote to the 4427 Sammy Jackson received. And newcomer Sabrina Turner wins in prospect over incumbent Austin Harris. Turning to Georgetown, Georgetown Central candidate Kenneth Bryan shared his thoughts on the elections with Radio Kman's Felicia rankin Member of Parliament Kenneth Bryan expresses why voting is an essential moment that all who can should take part in.
3: So this is the most important part of democracy. Um, you get a, a chance to choose your own direction by way of the people who will be your voice in the House uh, of of structure that structure the, the parameters of your life through legislation, regulation, um, and policy decisions. So it's always good to take uh, take the opportunity to have your fingerprints on that because then you can get to reflect what you want around your environment.
0: All the Georgetown Central winner is concerned with, however, is what happens going forward.
3: Well, the most important thing that we got to remember is that we're all in this hopefully for one reason, us to make Cayman and the lives of the people here better. Um, and I just hope that the result is one that, that, whatever the 19 members are who are selected, that we're mature enough to put a government together that can truly get the, the lives and the issues that we face addressed so that people's lives can be better.
0: And as for his fellow candidates that may have faced defeat?
3: Um, and, and those who may not be successful, I mean, there's still ways you can assist the country and whichever government is selected to improve and find solutions to the issues that we face. Um, if ultimately your goal is really about helping Cayman, you should never stop, even if you lose. And when you win, you give it your all. So, you know, I, like even my, my opponent, you know, I love him, I respect him.
0: The 2021 elections were Mr. Bryan's third time running. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia rankin Kenneth Bryan won Georgetown Central, by the way, with 851 votes against Progressive's candidate, Frank Cornwall, who had 126. Other Georgetown results, Georgetown North, Joey Hugh, Georgetown West, David White, Georgetown South, Barbara Conley, and Georgetown East, Roy McTaggart. A big upset in East End for long-term representative Arden McLean, who most recently served as leader of the opposition. Mr. Rankin ran as an independent candidate for East End. As to Northside, J.E. Banks took the seat from Ezard Miller, 394 votes to 217. This was a cliffhanger. I've never faced anything like this. West Bay West saw the return of the father of the House, McKeever Bush, in what turned out to be a tight race against Mario Ebanks, with Mr. Bush getting 458 votes to Mr. Ebanks's 431. If I'm called to do, I am there to do
2: it. If I am not given a post of any kind, I will still carry out my duties as the elected member for West Bay West and a representative for the Cayman
0: Islands. Other West Bay results, Catherine Ebanks-Wilkes for West Bay Central, Bernie Bush for West Bay North, and Andre Ebanks for West Bay South. For the sister islands, both of the incumbents, progressives Moses Kirkconnell and Juliana O'Connor Conley, returned to their respective seats. And as we reported at the top of this newscast, the independents say that they have formed a government, which will be led by Wayne Panton with Chris Saunders as Deputy Premier and Speaker of the House Alrick Lindsay. A statement from Mr. Panton says he officially met with the governor this morning to formally request that Parliament be called to convene. That would be on Wednesday the 21st at 10 a.m. to swear in members and formally elect the Premier under Section 49.3 of the Cayman Islands Constitution. We will have more for you on that tomorrow on Radio Cayman News. At the election headquarters Wednesday night, official observers, elections officials, volunteers, and the press were joined by a couple of young people participating in a program with Compass Media that provided them with a behind-the-scenes look at how elections are covered in the Cayman Islands.
2: Well, I mean, I've learned quite a lot about uh, politics on the island, and, you know, I've found, I found some interesting stuff about the, both the parties, about the independents and the progressives, so, so that was the most interesting part for me.
0: 16 year old Toby Wabora there. Also participating, 16 year old Ciara Chung, who tells Radio Command not only did she learn about the process, she also developed some perspective that prospective politicians
1: should keep in mind. Everyone needs to understand that it's it's important for the candidates to be involved with their community. It's not just going up and putting up billboards. It's more. It's really getting in touch with those in their community on a one-on-one and letting them know who they are and what they stand for.
0: Both young people say politicians could do more to engage the youth, even before they come of age to vote. That is your latest local news from Radio K Man's newsroom. I'm April Cummings.
1: Good evening. With a look at Radio K Man's local sports, I'm Dion Anglin. Tonight's sports show will be a little different. We'll focus on something special and unique coming out of the Windsor Park neighborhood, A local basketball coach is doing positive work in the community there. Five days ago, the project was all talk and only a concept. Now, they're days away from making history. National youth coach Corey McGee wanted this park to be an historical mural, but on the basketball court. So he gathered as many kids in the local neighborhood and empowered them to take part in this spectacular project.
2: Over the years, I've developed a, a certain type of fellowship and respect for their community and the things that they're trying to do. Obviously, I just wanted to focus on some basketball, but I knew that, you know, Windsor Park, there was a lot of kids that were just out there just doing nothing. And I was just like, they should be doing something. And I said, well, you know, there's a basketball court there Well, you know, let's get the kids together and create a project that they can be a part of that gives them a little bit of self-respect and something that they can care about versus just having certain negative narratives attached to themselves as they hang out there and do certain things. My biggest concern was I don't want these kids to go to prison. I was just trying to, you know, create uh, certain platforms and certain levels of awareness. Well, I don't want these kids to go to prison. It wasn't about me talking about going to the NBA or getting a scholarship or or anything like that. But just if you're gonna hang out on a basketball court, let it be a place where it's it's just open. It's, it's certain levels of respect for the community and every it's open to everyone. And it's something that. As a certain level of respect. As it pertains to the colors, it was more of a diversifying your culture, just diversifying your thinking. Uh, I just wanted something that was vibrant and that, that stood out, one, from a basketball point of view, to put a mural on a court. But then, obviously, the biggest point of view was to when when other people land, try to land and come to this island, they'll get an opportunity to see that from above. And then when they look down, obviously, it would be a great platform for people coming to the island to look down in, in, in certain pilots or airlines and say, you know, look out your left or right window and look down. You know, there's a, a basketball court and then it's going to tell its own story from there. And then it get you know, people in Windsor Park because there's a lot of great, great people in Windsor Park trying to do a lot of great things. And I just personally just like the basketball court and it was outside and nobody was doing anything. And then I reached out to, you know, uh, someone that was a part of the community and um, I knew that he was, you know, just fantastic as an artist. And I wanted him to tell it, to t- help tell the story. And I just gave him some insight. And we uh, creatively just got together and put our monies together and and just say, hey, man, what do you need? You need some paint. And obviously those kids became the help. And so now we're just trying to tell a story that represents Windsor Park and obviously the island. And instead of being a historical mural on a basketball court, something different. And it's just coming out really, really good. And we're having a lot of fun doing that.
1: How long has all this been in the making?
2: I originally spoke to Orville probably probably about two months ago. I knocked on his door, and I approached him out of the blue, and I said, at some point, sir, I'm going to need your services. I have an idea. But then it was about galvanizing and empowering the kids. What would make these kids want to be a part of something like that? What would make them want to be a part of changing the narrative in terms of just the park Then I had to learn about a place that I'm not from? I've never lived in Windsor Park. So I had to learn the perspective from their eyes, gave me a chance to learn, and and it gave me a chance to you know empower them with what I think can happen if we do this, if we clean up, if we turn down the music a little bit, if we just try to channel our music and our language a little bit better because we are in a public environment. If you are going to do those things that don't, those, those negative things associated with crime or drugs, then do that somewhere else. Do that in the comfort of your home or somewhere else. But this environment here is for the community. So I want them kids to be just as inspired and, and, and proud to be a part of that. Just like anywhere that's playing basketball outside. We love to do this all over the island, but right now the focus was just on Windsor Park because that's where Orville is from. So it gave him a chance to showcase his skill set. It gave the kids, any kid that want to showcase their skill set in terms of basketball. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. So this has been about five days. It's from start to finish. And we're not even finished yet. We're about two or three days away. But from what you see now, uh, it's taken us five days. We're back out there today. We'll be back out there tomorrow. uh, And we're just going to keep pushing. And we're hoping to have it done in the next two or three days for sure.
1: So is it just to beautify the district or they can actually play on it?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Once we put the final touches on it and so on and so forth, it'll be a situation where when they play basketball, we're not worried about, you know, leaving stuff, footprints and, and sneaker marks and things of that nature. Um, you know, these guys, he's a professional. He knows what he's doing, um, he knows how to put the finishing touches on it so that the kids are actually playing on a, a different surface but still giving, you know what I mean, the, the beauty of what he actually put down in the first place. And it'll be there for something, you know, for for a while, to empower and inspire the island. And anybody who wants to come to Game of the Island and play basketball outside, you have a great place to do so. It'll be a landmark, and, and I'm just having fun being a part of the culture and the community.
1: Are you guys playing video
2: games? No, actually, we're actually sitting outside near the basketball court, and what you hear in the background is just the element of... Uh, what do you call the you know the chimes in the background. So we're actually just sitting out here near the basketball court, taking in the taking in the energy, taking in the vibes. And we're just sitting there thinking, like, what's the next move? When's the best time to get back out here on the court? You know, waiting on these kids to get out of school in about an hour and a half. And then they'll come down here, change clothes, and then, you know, the energy will start again.
1: The Windsor Park Kings are made up of about 20 to 25 local youth who hang out daily in Windsor Park. And they're all collaborating and working hard with painting this mural. You can check out the Cayman Islands Basketball Association and Radio Cayman Sports Extra Facebook pages to see the beautiful pictures. That'll do it for Radio K Man's local sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin.